Ephesians 4, 12 to 16. Please follow in the reading of the Word of God. For the equipping of the saints for the work of service, to the building up of the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a mature man, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. As a result, we are no longer to be children, tossed here and there by waves, and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by trickery of men, by craftiness and deceitful scheming. But speaking the truth in love, we are to grow in all aspects of Him, who is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body, being fitted and held together, by what every joint supplies, according to the proper working of each individual part, causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. Father, we are in a desperate time for your church. I pray that we who are gathered today have ears to hear, that you will show us the depth of the riches of the glory of being in the body of Christ. Father, we you fashion it in our souls that we understand that it was the precious blood of Jesus Christ that purchased the church. And that, Father, each one of us that are called by your name have a purpose. We have a ministry. We have a service. Grow us, Lord. Grow each of us. In Christ's name, amen. I called this section uh, the building the body. This is God's pattern. This is how God does it. Um, I told you that I receive weekly information, seminars, symposiums, web streams, something or others on how to grow the church. I've got to be honest with you, early in my ministry, I looked at a lot of these things and heard a lot of these things and I looked at them and it dawned on me that they were business models. Uh, I, in my life, uh, actually most of my adult life, I have worked for myself before the ministry, before becoming a pastor. And you always had a business model. And I mean, you, whether I was building houses, whether I was doing electrical contracting, even when working on motorcycles, whatever it was I was doing, I always had a model. And it dawned on me that that is what they wanted the church to do. That'll get you in trouble. Because that means that I'm the CEO and you are the stockholders. And I am not sure that that is a safe plan for either one of us. But the context that we're looking at here is the building of the body after God's plan. How does God do this? Jesus Christ said, I will build my church and the gates of hell can't stop it. You can't, can't thwart it. I like that because it doesn't say, Terry will build my church. And, you know, so it's just a, it's a good plan if you really think about it. And yet, if you go around today and ask the average Christian, what is a strong, healthy church? What are they going to say? Numbers. 
numbers. And you know what they based that on? Well, right after Pentecost, Peter went out and he preached in Jerusalem and man, 3,000 people got saved. Went out again and 5,000 people got saved. Yeah. Amen. But you need to understand something. He had a minimum, a minimum of 12 gifted, powerful men of God to teach those people. Let me tell you something. If we got a hundred, I'm outmatched. Okay? I can't stay up that long. All right? And that's what we're looking at. We see the conquering king who overcame sin and death and the spoils of his victory. He gave gifts to all believers. Not only did he do that, he gave to the church gifted men. All right? If we've looked over it in the past, he gave two types of gifted men for the foundation. Apostles and prophets. They did what? Laid the foundation. They were followed by evangelists. And teaching pastors or teaching shepherds. Why? To continue the growth of the body. All right? So, when these gifted men perfect or mature the saints, and these gifted men, there's actually four. Four things that God uses to mature you. Alright? I don't care who you are. I don't care how long you've known Jesus. I don't care if you're brand new in Christ. It doesn't matter. There's four things that you will grow by. One is prayer. Your prayer and the fervent prayer of someone who loves you. Or someones who love you. Trials. Sign me up, right? Count it all joy. All right? Suffering. When you have suffered for a little while, God will perfect you. And the Word. All right? As a teaching shepherd, I am not responsible to give you trials. I am not responsible to give you suffering. Amen. That is God's job. All right? It is my responsibility to pray and to give you the word. Okay? I I look at it. My job is simple. I lead and feed. That's it. Now, there's some people think that they should make it more complicated for me, but I fight that. So far, I'm kind of successful at it. But my passion is Colossians 1.28. I labor and strive to present every man complete in Christ. 
mature in Christ. Then when the saint is matured, they will do the work of ministry. That's verse 12. I hate to break the news to you. That is what I'm looking for. So I teach, and 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 I walk, 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 and I teach, and I walk, and I teach. Why? To make every one of you mature. But, you know, let's see, over 25 years... And I did do some teaching before I became the pastor. I was Sunday school teacher several times. There is a uh, interesting phenomenon in my line of work that uh, is hard. It's difficult. You're teaching and preaching. You got to remember for almost 15 years. 17 years. Yeah, 17, almost 17 years straight, I taught five times a week. Okay, here in this congregation. Occasionally I'd wander off somewhere, but uh, uh, five times a week. One of the pains of doing that <laughs> is you get sick of hearing yourself. Well, you do. I'm on uh, somewhere. Where am I at? Internet? No. What is it? iTunes. Yeah, I'm on iTunes. And uh, people said, well, have you ever gone on iTunes and listened to it? Nope. You've never? Nope. Why? I hear me every day. I'm not going to get on some computer and hear me there. You get sick and tired of hearing yourself. But you know what? The God of all comfort comforts me with that. Are you ready? Second Peter chapter 1, verse 12 and following. Peter knows that his race is about over. Okay? So he writes these words. Therefore... I will always be ready to remind you of these things. Even though you already know them and have been established in truth, which is present with you. Got it? This helps me. I told you last week, expository preaching, biblically, read the text, Explain the text. Apply the text. That's expository preaching. Okay? But there's one that I left out because I knew where I was going this Sunday. Repeat. Read the text. Explain the text. Apply the text. Repeat. Okay? Peter here is telling these people... I don't care if you already know this. These things I will strive to make you remember. 
Even though you know them, even though you are established in them, and even though that is all present truth, I will keep repeating it to you. Even though you know it, even though you live it, I'm still going to keep saying it. Verse 13. I consider it right. As long as I am in this earthly dwelling. To stir you up by way of reminder. Verse 14. Knowing that the laying aside of my earthly dwelling is imminent. As also our Lord Jesus Christ has made clear to me. Verse 15. And I will also be diligent that at any time after my departure. I love this one. After my departure, you will be able to call these things to mind. You will have my voice rattling around in your ears even after I'm in glory. What a curse. (laughs) My goodness. When I am dead, I pray my words will be echoing between your ears. The challenge of ministry. Okay, but let me tell you something. Ministry, get this down. It never changes. Okay? And yet I look around and I see these people who have all of these facts and they decide that it, I've got all these facts. I'm living all these facts. Let's try some entertainment. Okay? That's why I'm saving up my money to get me a smoke machine. But truth of the matter is, the ministry never changes. Why repeat it continually over and over and over? I remember, was it two years ago? I think it was two years ago, maybe a little longer than that. I was in a continual state of teaching Romans. I taught it uh, in Russia. I taught it in Azerbaijan. I taught it in Georgia. And I was teaching it here on Sunday nights. And it's Romans, and it's Romans, and it's Romans, and it's Romans, and it's Romans. And it got to where I didn't even need a Bible. I knew, <laughs> and so it just, you go through. On Sunday school, I'm teaching the upper room discourse. I've taught that nine times in this church at different places, uh, different venues, whatever. Why repeat it? Because we forget it real fast. Can you remember what last Sunday's message was? I remember I had a pastor who was a church planner here in town. He came one Sunday to, to be with us. And after the message, he says, let me go buy you lunch. I said, all right. And uh, so we go down and talk. He says, uh, every one of your people have got Bibles and they're turning the pages and things, following you around. He says, a lot of them have notebooks and they're writing stuff down. 
He says, can you come up and teach my people to do that? And I was like, well, no. He says, well, how did, how did you do that? I said, first thing you got to do is get them saved. If they're saved, they do it automatically. It wasn't that I said, if you're going to attend this church, please bring a notebook and a Bible. Okay, That's, I, I don't tell people that. That's just what they do. Okay, but you know what? I see some of you taking notes. You know, When I first saw that, I was like, oh, they're writing little nasty notes to me, aren't they? But my question would be the poking one. How many times you look at that note after you write it down? I've got notebooks in my office and in the library and everything. Uh, Stephanie despises it. All of these, she puts them in uh, a little uh, outline thing. Puts holes in and puts them in a notebook. She keeps track of them. I've got notes on every sermon I've ever preached for 20 some odd years. Okay, some of them were twice on Sunday and Wednesdays. And she keeps track of them for me. It's pretty impressive if you look at it. But every once in a while, I get ready to go travel someplace, and I think, I think I want to teach on this. And so I'll grab that little notebook and pull them out of there. And then I give her the notebook and the pages back. She has to figure out where I got them from. But it's (laughs) so that's my gift. We said to stir up the people. The reason is that we forget fast. Peter's saying, I am going to keep saying it over and over and over till I die, and after my death, you will hear my voice in your head. And it's over and over and over. As the saints are matured, they will get on with the business of ministry. All of the programs that are out there right now swallow this up. And it becomes program-oriented, not theologically-oriented. God gave every one of you who is a believer a gift. My responsibility is in the authority of Scripture with the power of the Holy Spirit that that stirs that gift up as you continue to mature in the faith through your trials and your suffering and the prayers of the saints that you will begin ministering. Programs swallow this. I had a very precious friend of mine years ago, a brother. He's in glory. He was illiterate. He's older than me. Quite a bit older than me, actually. But he was illiterate. He couldn't read. Couldn't read. He had a Bible, he carried it, but he couldn't read. And uh, he loved people to read it, read the Bible to him. And I had opportunity at different times to sit down and read different texts to him, just read it to him. And you know, if you can't read, it's hard to be a teacher, isn't it? But you know what? Whenever someone needed refreshments, 
or someone needed food or if someone needed something done, boom, he was right there. I mean, everything from cutting the grass. Uh, I remember he used to, he had a rototiller, one of them big Mangjami Troy built. And he would go around his neighborhood and till up these people's gardens for them. Because the word had found fertile soil, and though he could not read it, he heard it. And that became action. He became a servant. Listen, brothers and sisters, we have the water of life. Why waste time? It comes back to personal priorities. What is your personal priority? I'm assuming that everybody in here can read. So why aren't you? Why aren't you? When the saints are perfected, they will do the work of ministry. It is natural. I've seen it. I believe this. Dikoinia. It's a servant. It's a root word that we get deacon from. It says that we will. Once we are matured, we will do the work of service. The work of service. Listen. Do you know how amazing it is in this day and age to see saints functioning in service to one another? It's not normal. Most churches that you see today are based on the model, let me get as many rear ends in here as I can get, get the offering up so I can hire ministers. Okay, you know what a minister is? Servant. And the truth of the matter is, the body is a mass of ministers. I've had people say that to me. Well, you're in full-time ministry. Why aren't you? That don't make sense to me. As I read this, if you're saved, guess what? You're growing so you can serve. Be a minister. When people grow up, they become strong. They become equipped. They become complete. And guess what? They function as mature believers. And they begin to minister. They begin to serve. The Spirit of God matures them, and He matures them to the level of their ministry. Okay? If you're young in the faith, and now listen, please understand what I'm saying. I'm not talking chronologically. Okay? I'm talking what you know and are confident in. 
the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, you will act in that accordance. Okay? You will live your life directly to the size of your God. And the more I know about my God, it affects how I live my life. Okay? So the level or the degree of your ministry or the degree of your service is directly proportionate to your spiritual maturity. You're not going to do exceedingly abundantly beyond what you could ever think or imagine if you don't understand Ephesians 1. That you were chosen before the foundation of the world, before creation was made, God knew you. And He prepared good works that you might walk in it. That you might walk in it. Let me give you another little picture of it. 1 John chapter 2, 12 to 14. I am writing to you, little children, because your sins have been forgiven. Your sins have been forgiven you for His name's sake. Okay? These are the people who still deal with guilt. Young infants in Christ still feel guilty. Alright? Why? Their theology does not let them understand that your sin is far as the east from the west. Oh yeah, you keep sinning, don't get me wrong. But you are forgiven. Period. Do not hold on to it. Don't sit there and feel guilty. Don't live in the past. Well, what if or what if? No, God knew exactly. That's the infant in Christ. Hey, your sins have been forgiven. The past, all of them, have been nailed to the cross. Those you're even doing right now have been nailed to the cross. Those that you will do in the future and you don't even understand have been nailed to the cross. But if you don't know that, then you walk around, how did he save me? Okay. And then if something bad happens, oh, I'm paying a penalty because I had a bad thought. Nope. You don't understand yet. You are forgiven. You are not in the process of being forgiven. It's done. He goes on. I am writing to you fathers because you know him who was has been from the beginning and I'm writing to you young men because you have overcome the evil one and I have written to you children because you know the father. I have written to you fathers because you know him who was from the beginning. I have written to you young men because you are strong and the word of God abides in you and you have overcome the evil one. So you got three pictures there. You got an infant in Christ. Got it? And they don't understand. They don't understand they've been forgiven. That's why they carry burdens. You don't have to care. Have you ever read Pilgrim's Progress? He keeps carrying that stupid pack around. That's a young believer. Well, but, you know, and I hear all the goofy stuff that's told about it. Okay? But I also spiritual young men. Spiritual young men are strong in the word, but they're annoying. They think they are the Holy Spirit. I don't have to point out everybody's sin. 
had a discussion on uh, homosexuals this week. I just get around, don't I? And the guy says, I know how you are. That's good, because I've been with me for 63 years, and I don't know how I am. Could you explain it? I know how you are. You believe homosexuality damns you to hell. I said, no, I don't. He said, what? But it says it's an abomination. And evidently, that's what you believe. And he said, uh, well, what, what sends you to hell? No belief in the Lord Jesus Christ. That sends you to hell. You're a sinner by nature. But, as I just read to you out of 1 John, if you're a believer, a young infant in Christ, your sins have been forgiven if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's pretty interesting if you think about it. Don't you think? Your level of ministry, your level of service, is directly proportionate to your spiritual maturity. Now, let me give you one. Because everybody says, well, I want to be a spiritual father. I want to be a spiritual young man. They, they're, they're annoying. Okay? And they are. I want to be a spiritual father. Are you sure? Are you sure? Because if you're sure, I'll give you Galatians 5. You who are six, you who are spiritual, see anyone in a trespass. Point it out to them and make sure they know that they're sinning. That is not what it says. You see them in a trespass. What are you supposed to do? Get up underneath them, put them on your back and lift them up. That's spiritually mature. Because I got news for you. If a believer is in sin, they know it. They know it. Okay? Because the Holy Spirit's doing this. And the longer they wait it, until he just BAM! Told you. <laughs> I know this from experience. I know none of you guys have ever done anything like that, but anyway. When they are strengthened, they will use their gifts to the measure of their faith. Does that sound familiar? And as they mature, they will do the work of ministry, and that ministry will continue to grow based on what? Their growth. I am not here to start any programs. I am only centered on one thing and one thing only. You who believe your perfection. The perfecting of the saints. Because what I have seen in my life as a pastor is that as the saints are mature, they do it automatically. I remember years ago when I was first started attending this church, and that was a long time ago, 
they had a guy who was, they had a group of people that was typical Southern Baptist at the time, congregational, whatever, and committees and whatever. And the guy who was the head of all the financing, he was the head of all the financing because he worked for a big international corporation and he was in charge of finances for the national corporation. So that me and him. And you know what I learned? <laughs> he wasn't saved. He said, I ain't worried about faith. I'm worried about finances. Wow. Wow. In Ephesians 4, the saints that mature will do the work. You know, and it, it's, I, I get stuff from our denomination, and they said that we are still in an 80-20 situation in the church. We have 80% of the people watching 20% serve. I hate to break the news to you. There's a word for that. You know what it is? Sin. Sin. In 1 Timothy 5, it says that the elders that rule well are worthy of double honor. You know what that means in the original language? Do you want to know what it means in the original language? Double pay. Those that rule well are worthy of double pay. First Thessalonians chapter 5. Speaking of those who have authority over you in the word. It says you are to esteem them highly for their work. And appreciate them. Do you know what the word appreciate means? Same thing as double honor. See, when that person, that gifted man, takes into that position and becomes effective at that position, he is supposed to be esteemed and paid well for the work that he does. I didn't write it. (laughs) But when people, you see people ministering in the power of the Spirit through their spiritual gifts because their faith is stronger, it has been matured, guess what? They're worthy, worthy of being recognized. And if possible, even pay them. That's how the church has grown in spiritual service. And you know what? It is every saint's task. Every one of you. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you need to be serving. If you're not, you're either immature or you're in sin. If you're not maturing, then you're in sin. Ask yourself a question. If you're a believer, you're truly a believer, you know you're a believer, the Spirit bears witness with yours that you're a believer, why did He give you a gift? Hmm, you ever thought about that? To serve the saints. That's why He gave it to you. If you're not, maybe you're not His. 
I don't know. Or maybe you're just immature. I mean, we all like to think, well, you know, I'm, I'm feeling pretty mature. Okay, do you want me to give you some of these people I know that have these burdens that you need to get up under and pick them up? Are you ready? Because let me tell you something. That takes a degree of faith that you can't acquire on your own. It has to be supernatural. I was in, the last time I was in Georgia, the country, I ended up with pneumonia. And man, I just, all I could do was cough. They gave me these Russian throat lozenges and I don't know, some kind of antibiotic pack or something like that. It wasn't working and I could tell it wasn't working. But it was weird. I was teaching eight days, a, eight, eight days, eight hours a day for six days. I don't know, Romans. And it was so weird that once I started teaching, the coughing stopped. And we'd go and we'd have a break after a few hours and coughing come back and I'd drink a lot of water and all the rest of it. I'd start teaching again, the coughing stopped. I'd get done, we'd have lunch together, start coughing again. I start teaching again after lunch, coughing stopped. That's the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. I've never seen anything like it. But it stopped. I mean, I stayed awake all night long coughing. And I mean, everybody was, they thought I was just going to curl up, die. It wasn't nearly as funny as when I was flying back international. I had to fly from Tbilisi to Istanbul, Istanbul to, uh, I think, Detroit. And you're sitting there coughing up a lung about every two and a half minutes. It's amazing how much room you can get in an airplane. I mean, I could have a whole row. I could just stretch out and cough. See, that's what they call a mixed blessing. The church grows by spiritual service. The church grows by your spiritual service. And it's a task of every saint. That is why you have been given a spiritual gift. Every one of you has a gift, and it is for us. It's not for you. And you need to exercise it. Are we faithful to do what God has called us to do? Better yet, are you even available? The faithful will do the work of the ministry. End of verse 12. What happens? Building up of the body of Christ. Building up of the body of Christ. This would be the ultimate goal. The ultimate goal. So you see this process? Gifted men maturing the saints to do the work of ministry so that the body is strong. It's simple. Some of you who have been with me for a long time, you've seen it. You've seen it. When I look at the size of this congregation and the number of people that we have sent out to insane places, I mean, you know, we got a guy teaching at Tyndale Seminary in the Netherlands who came through here. I mean, you're like, what? And I still stay in touch with him. He still don't know what to do with me. 
He's the first guy I ever did. He says, I think I'm called to preach. I'm called to preach. I'm called to preach. So I had him preach. He'd come home from school. He'd gone down to Reform Seminary in uh, Jackson, Mississippi. And he came back. And he, I said, okay, Sunday night. Every Sunday night I want you to preach all summer long. And he said, oh, oh that'd be great. That'd be great. That'd be great. So when we got done with him, he said, so what do you think? I said, you're not called to preach. <laughs> I said, you've got the gift of knowledge. You're clueless about wisdom. But I like you guys because you give me the information and I turn it into wisdom. And I do. He wrote a complete curriculum for high schoolers at a Christian school in Washington, D.C., every book of the Bible. And he downloaded them to me to double check them. I didn't read them. I was like, man, I don't know what this is. But I've got them. One of these days, I'll go become a professor or something. Yeah, right. Okay. But you know what? He took those words to heart. Guess what he is? He's a professor. He does research. And I need people like that. We have a number of people that we've sent out from here. People who are are mature in the faith will do the things that need to be done. You don't have to point them out to them. You don't have to explain it. They see what needs to be done and they just do it. That's why I don't do anything different than I did 25 years ago. The only thing difference is that I'm not teaching five times a week. Okay? Listen, people. Every single one of you, I don't care what your age is, if you're a believer... You should be discipling somebody else. Every one of you. I remember when the first time I was in Russia, uh, it was like 4.30, o'clock in the morning. I don't know. I didn't set my watch back because I didn't know how, so I don't even know what. All I know is it's dark. Okay, and I look out the window, and this is March in Russia. Now, these people walk around in trenches of snow by March. Okay, and I mean, the sidewalks have shoveled and shoveled and shoveled and shoveled, and it just, it just keeps piling up. And so I looked out of my window down, and I could see into the fellowship hall in the basement of the church. And I was like, wow. I looked down there. This place is packed. It is absolutely packed. I'm like, ooh, am I, am I late? Am I early? What, what are we doing? So I threw some clothes on, and I cruise over there to see what's going on. I go in there, and Misha is my uh, interpreter. And I said, Mr. Man, what? what? And I look around. It's all kids. Kids. I'm talking middle school, junior high, and high school. I said, what's going on? I said, you know, it's like 5 o'clock in the morning. And don't you guys got school? Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. About the time sun comes up. About 8. Well, what are they doing here? The junior high kids are teaching the middle schoolers the book of Galatians. And then when they get done, the high schoolers will teach the junior high schoolers the book of Galatians. And they're replicating. You should bring your youth over. I was like, no, I shouldn't. (laughs) My youth will ruin you. But I thought, these are kids discipling one another. That's what we are supposed to be doing. We are supposed to be praying for one another. You know, one of the joys of having a small church 
You can pray for everybody in this church by name, and it doesn't take you much more than 15 minutes. And if you don't know what's going on in your life, shame on you. Find out what's going on in their life. Find out what you can pray for them. We should be ministering our gifts to one another. In love and the power of the Spirit. We should be teaching one another. We should be walking with one another. We should be involved with one another. As we continue to mature in the faith. Listen. Where this goes, where this goes in, the theology that you get, it must be fleshed out. Or you're telling the world you don't believe it. You don't believe it. It must come out. The body is strengthened then. The church is strengthened then. Listen. It's two ways. Spiritual care of the saints leads to an outreach, evangelism, which means more are added. All right? You build them up internally so you can build up externally. Think about it. Let me ask you a question. Right now, this group that is here, 50 people came forward right now and says, I want Jesus Christ to be my Lord and Savior. What would you do? Go see the pastor. I know how it works. Why not you? Why don't you walk there by that infant in Christ and say, You've been forgiven of your sins. All of them. Let me help you walk with it. No, man, go see the pastor. Don't get me wrong, I don't turn him down. I mean, I went up and seen that guy up at the care center. Why? Well, he says he's Baptist. I'm sorry. I didn't mean it. Well, can you come talk to him? Sure. When we are built up internally, we will spread it out. When the inside is edified, as it becomes more mature, then we will edify the outside as we add those to be matured. To be matured. I look at this text back in 11 and 12 and I say, God, through preachers of perfection, who guide the process of perfection in the power of gifted men. Brothers and sisters, that's church. That's why we're here. We're not here to have, what do they call it, potluck. I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I, I like having cookouts and stuff like that. That ain't why we're here. All right. We are here to dig and exhaust the scriptures. Why? So that through the trials and the sufferings that will come, we will know we've got people praying for us and continually delivering the word. 
so that I may be mature by it. And I can move from an infant to a young man to a father. That is church. Glad you signed up for that, didn't you? Let us pray. Father, we come before you, the author and the finisher of the faith. Help us. Help us to walk in a manner worthy. Help us to stand in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Help us to be overwhelmed by your presence. And Father, uh, you know, I know that everybody here struggles with something. But Father, I pray, the power of your spirit, the authority of your word, the union of the saints would help each and every one of us to be overcomers, victors in the war against the flesh. Praise you, Father, in Christ's name. Amen.